music, athletics, arts, and entertainment. The Desert Tiger Podcast with Colton Geschwader. Celtic punk is a brand of music is storied as many of the traditional songs and tales that many of the bands who play it present to you. Some say it was a natural progression from earlier folk and Celtic rock bands like the Dubliners, and for some the sound was just a natural fit. The Pogues out in London, England were quite possibly the first punk band to truly use the Celtic sound by incorporating traditional instruments in their music. Sure, it had been done in rock before, and various bands have covered old Celtic songs over the years, but the combination of Celtic music and punk has this special way of melding, and has grown from the streets of London to reach its fans far and wide. Just like the lands it travels from, its influence has reached many people and helped lead to North America's own brand of Celtic punk. Like their forefathers before them, these bands sang tales of their ancestors and the lands that they lived in, drinking and partying, politics, the culture around them, religion, and taking pride in an honest day's work. Born in Vancouver, British Columbia, the real Mackenzies have been sharing their tales of Canada, Scotland, and the lives that they have lived on the road for 25 years now. Although there has truly only been one constant in the band, that being vocalist and leader of this crew of kilt-wearing wanderers, Paul McKenzie. The group has managed to maintain its sound and vision from their self-titled debut release up until their most recent release, Two Devils Will Talk. Despite the numerous member changes that are said to be in the triple digits, the years of experience under the band's belt, and the good and bad times that can come with sharing your craft around the world. 25 years later, the band still keeps its energy and passion. Maybe it's the leadership of this crew's captain, or maybe it's the fact that the band now includes members that were once listening to that very self-titled debut EP. People who are growing up, just like myself, dancing along to the bay pipes and guitars as they melded together, or shouting along with the gang vocals. I myself have seen the Mackenzies perform quite a few times, uh, mostly back at a venue that was once known as McNally's in Regina, Saskatchewan. The venue was a perfect fit for the Mackenzies as it not only fit the Scottish vibe, but was also a great place for partying, drinking, and dancing. Unfortunately, the venue is no longer known as McNally's, but thankfully it is still used for live music and is being operated under the name The Revival Music Room by Taryn Cochran and some other fantastic individuals who are keeping the scene alive in Regina. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. And it is episode 14 with me, your host, Colton Geschwantner. Today on the show is Paul McKenzie and Dan Garrison from The Real McKenzies. Before we start our interview, though, let's crank up some Real McKenzies with a track off Two Devils Will Talk. 
This song is one that kind of hits close to home in the fact that it speaks about a place that was actually very close to where I grew up, and Dan himself actually wasn't too far away from it as well. The song is told from the point of view from a patient of the Suri Valley Mental Health Hospital that was once located in Weyburn, Saskatchewan, and was experimenting in different methods of treatment for psychiatric things and addictions, including using LSD on the patients and even some of the staff. But the hospital was ultimately shut down in the 60s due to the state of the economy at the time, unfortunately. But without wasting any more of your time, let's get into Weyburn. Mackenzie of the Real Mackenzies, and I'm a lead vocalist. My name is Dan Gerson of the Real Mackenzies, and I play guitar and dance around like a fool. And uh, and a vocalist. And and vocals. Yeah. So that's guitar, <laughs> harmonies, and backups and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So you guys are pretty historic band for Canadian punk. Historical or hysterical. <laughs> I could say you would fit under both definitions. I, would I think so too. Um, 
but seriously, folks, yeah, it's uh, been over 25 years. We've been beating a trail, and um, along with a, a bunch of other great bands from Canada and stuff. Oh, yes. Um, you know, which I, they, they shall remain unnamed, but you know who they are. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a real honor to keep on going, and we've got our help, you know, great lineup, very, uh, very stout worthy and honest, hard working. What yeah. could be the Definitely. So, what sort of led to the start of the Real Mackenzies? Like, you guys have, have like a Celtic punk sound that's very definitive. Like, how did you guys end up settling on that? How did the band get its beginning? Well, the band got its beginning uh, because I I wanted an excuse to wear a kilt on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we started out by just playing cover stuff like uh, and we changed the lyrics to the Scottish motif so slowly the the band mates you know they, they got tired of it and we got someone else and we became more serious after about a year and um, we recorded our first album thinking that we would not record another one but we wanted to record an album because we, we thought that nobody would have believed that we were a band Yeah. yeah but here's the proof so after we did that, we were going to break up, but nobody would let us, our friends would not let us break up. Uh-huh. So we just uh, went on tour and did another album, and it just sort of snowballed after that. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. So, like you guys were one of the original breaking bands like in the 90s for Canada. Like you guys played a lot of like warp tours. Oh yeah. Like, like, tell me something about like the stories from the early years, like the road. Like, do you have any good stories from the road? Like, any hard times? Any how, bad times? How much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, twenty-five years of thrills, chills, and spills. Um, there's there's a lot of great stories and some tragic stories. Yeah. About uh, like losing band members and. Uh, um, and the, Tragedy on the road, you know. Um, <clears throat> well, there was one time when we were playing bumper shoot, and uh, we had this thing called the uh, the Scottish lap shake. And when um, there was a, a security person at the front of the stage that was misbehaving, yeah. So I ended up throwing my kilt over his head. His arms go up. My arms go up. And, and everybody started laughing, and then I took, I took my kilt off from his head, and everyone's laughing at the guy. <laughs> and he, you know, he's up to me saying, if you ever humiliate me like that again, I says, well, maybe you should do your job properly and stop beating up little kids, and it won't happen to you. Yeah, no doubt, right? You know, these guys that take their security world to, to the extreme. And, oh, exactly. It's a status thing, and I'm a big tough guy. Yeah, and, one of the things that I notice is that when kids are stage diving and uh, surfing, and they come over the barrier, yeah. in North America, the security guards wrap them up. In Europe, they gently take them off stage so that they can go again. Yeah, exactly, right? I don't know what that whole North American attitude is. Um, like when kids get up on stage, sometimes the band members do violence to them. Like, get off my stage! But in Europe, it's not like that at all. Like, yeah. You know, kids, kids are up there and you just have to find them through it and sort of pretend they're not there. Sometimes they, they hit your mic 
sometimes they fuck shit up. Yeah. But for the most part, it's, it's not a malicious thing. Like, generally, they're just trying to have fun, right? Like, they're yeah. not trying to harm anybody. Yeah. Usually, it's just, like, to get involved and have, have a little more fun. Like, yeah. Spread the energy, right? Yeah, like, 99% of the time, it's super harmless, and yeah. everybody's just having a good time. Oh, definitely. It's it. It's like it's it's an outlet, right? Like yep. we're letting out energy. We're letting out all the bad stuff through a good, safe method. And yeah. somehow we like we're hiring people to monitor it who don't understand that. Yeah. yeah, and those are the wrong people. They oh, have definitely. to remember that without those kids, there would be no gig. Oh, exactly. Right. And there'd be no job. There'd be nothing. Exactly, like they sit there and they think, well, oh, big deal, tough me, but it's, those kids are the heart of it all, right? I yeah. mean, they're going to carry it. And there are old people out there, too, you know. Oh, of course. <laughs> There's a ton of old people out there that are still carrying oh, the yeah. old guard and yeah. the old shield. Yeah. Well, you know, quite, alive. quite often we'll look out into the audience and there will be four generations of punk rockers. You know, the tiny ones, the mother, their mother and father. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of cool. It gives me faith for the future when I see that. But uh, we, we are, I understand in the grand scale of things, we are the minority in terms of music. Yeah. Like the big stuff is all hip hop and, and stuff like this. And a lot of kids, they don't listen to rock and roll anymore. Or they don't go out to shows because they're stuck on their computer or something. Oh, exactly. Or they're sitting at home watching Netflix mm-hmm. or sitting on Facebook or watching it on or watching bands on YouTube instead yeah. of actually watching it themselves. So that just means that we have to work harder. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I I grew up all over uh, all over the prairies. Like I was born in Manitoba, but I lived in Saskatchewan and Alberta my okay. whole life. And um, because there was nothing to do. That's why I went to so many shows, and like that's that's what saved my life. Like just because there's nothing to do, and that's why punk was so accessible. Even though, you know, there's two other people in every class that you have that might listen to it or hear the band. Definitely in the minority, but it was just like, no, you had something that was yours and was concrete. And every time they came through town, that's what you were doing. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I grew up on a farm outside of Regina, and that was the main thing where it's like even before I had a license where it's like mom like you drop me off this one show and it's like yeah it's actually something to do and something to get excited for and you listen to music you get amped up for it and it's so much more exciting than just absolutely nothing that's going on in the prairies you know and it's it it's like and then like the music that's a lot a lot of the music that's made inside of the prairies is reflective of that very life. It's great. It's, it's great for what it is, but you, some some people need a little bit more than that, you know? I, I was I was saying I was saying it's great. I think on, on the other side, because there's nothing to do, that's where I like because there's some extreme music out of the prairies. Yeah. Because it was because it's it's the reflection I think of their favorite bands, you know what I mean? Well, and that's why some of it is just vicious and it's awesome. Some like the bands that actually make it out of the prairies yeah. are fantastic. Like from your propaganda and my like, favorite band. Comeback kid, like all those guys, like the personality crisis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. Great. That's it. It's just like the bands that actually like come from those places and actually make it out of there. Like to come from a place that actually doesn't have a supportive crowd 
for the type of music that you play and to have the drive and the heart to make it out of there. Well, yep. it's, it's typical of Canada, the hometown syndrome. Yeah. What's happening to us here? We play one gig a year here. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And we're from here, essentially. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, we're under contract, and so we have to check with our booking agency before we can do anything. Oh, wow. Um, back in the day, you know, I used to book everything. Yeah. And so I was free. And since we signed contracts with some companies, we're, we're under contract. And so I just can't go and book a gig with somebody. Okay, have to run so it through is that like sort of when you guys sign to like larger labels like Fabric or? Well, it's not so much the label, it's our booking agency here in Canada. Okay. So they just sort of want to give the okay on well, the show is Well, they're protecting their investment in terms of not over, us not overplaying. Okay, that's so, fair enough. You, yeah. have, to, you so, have to have brand yourself correctly, right? Yeah. yeah. That's a very big part of it. It wasn't like that in the early days. So we'd we'd make our own posters, book our own gigs, and, uh, you know, take our own money. Yeah. But um, in the large scale of things, it's uh, in terms of uh, bigger gigs across the whole country um, and and America, uh, it works out for the best. Without a doubt. Well, because even, even when I, because uh, in high school, I used to listen to the Real Mackenzies. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, but it was always few and far between, unless it was like a warp tour or something like that, that I'd see you guys. Yeah. Because yep. it was usually, it was usually, I mean, even then, that was still once a year. And even right? then, like, man, that was back when warp tour was coming through Canada. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they haven't hit anywhere like Calgary or Central Canada in a long, long time. How sad is it that that's kind of falling to the wayside too? Yeah, it, it, it used to be where I could go watch, you know, my favorite bands play. Yeah, and um, I don't even know if I'd know a band that was playing on it anymore. Yeah, like, it's completely different now. It is. Is it? It's a completely different scene, and it's like next year is going to be the last year of the festival entirely. Oh, really? Oh, it's going to be the last time that they actually do like a try like full tour of America. Okay. Apparently, they're going to try and do just like Central after that because apparently they just can't support it anymore, and it's. With the price of gasoline alone. <laughs> I know, right? <coughs> Let alone anything else. <laughs> yeah, it makes like the cost of uh, traveling, it makes touring really hard these days, for sure. Oh, yeah, a lot of people take that for granted. So let's travel from here to Halifax and back with a van full of gear and guys. Yeah. And see how much money we spend on from gasoline. Yeah, and food. And accommodation. And accommodation um, and beer. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really adds up. Oh, it really does. Canada's, I mean, obviously so spread out, right? I mean, for the, for the, for the major spots, spots to hit, you're looking at what? 10? 12, maybe? In if, Canada. If, if, yeah. if you cover the whole place, do you know what I mean? Yeah. For those big clubs um, where you know, World War II or something like that will be. You know what I mean? Because what was it? I don't know. It was a couple of years back I saw an advertisement and they were doing like four Canadian dates or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's a, that's a weird, that's a weird way to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
Well, it's just so far in between, too, that it's like you almost have to take gigs just to pay for the gas money. I mean, like the driving between Winnipeg and Ontario. Yeah. Ooh. And it's also really difficult. When we were doing the work tour, um, you have to sign in at a particular time yeah. or you don't get to play. Oh, really? So that means, that means you play. You pack up, you do the night drive and compete with all of the nightliners that have professional drivers. And here we are, a band with maybe two or three rotating drivers and trying to keep up with this stuff. I mean, night after night after night is quite difficult. Yeah, no doubt. Like, because they actually have, like, a, you have to be here at this time. Like, they want you to do press. And you got to kiss particular ass if you want a kiosk for your merch. I remember one time... Paul's, um, not, Paul's not very good at kissing ass. Oh, that's... He's not very good at all. See, yeah. kiss, kissing ass is not very punk, so I can stand behind that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, pretty funny. it's pretty funny. It's great. We get other people to do it with that. Yeah. Um, but there was one time when we were in California on the work tour, and we ran into the guy who... Okay, we were playing the solar stage... And he wanted to move us up to the main stage, but our drummer and guitar player had better things to do. They blew out. He yeah. got pissed off, put us back to the solar stage. And when we went to ask for a table, he said, yeah, you can have the kiosk, but you don't get no table. Thanks. So um, our European manager and I, the next thing we were across, out of the uh, compound, across the street, we got this old table with two legs broke off, broken off on it yeah. and a broken wheelbarrow. So we bring it back, we put the wheelbarrow under one end, yeah. throw a, a tarp over it, and here we've got our table. And the guy who would not give us a table just to, to screw us over, you know, he's walking by and he looks and he looks again. He says, where did you get that table? Said, we got it in the garbage over there. He says, you're bringing garbage into, into my show? And I says, look, we'll do whatever we have to do to sell our merch. Oh, exactly. Like, we have to survive here, right? Exactly. Like, but this is uh, the attitude of the whole Warp Tour. Like, you have to bow down to the uh, the pharaohs of the staff. <clears throat> and if you do that, it's no problem. But if, if you don't, it, it was a problem. I don't know how it is nowadays. but Well, maybe that's why they moved away from punk music. Probably. They probably well, had too many problems with you not wanting to bow down. You couldn't pay me to do a Warp Tour now. Well, that's it. It's like they, they don't want you to mosh. They don't want you to do like. Are you serious? Like any, oh yeah, like it was back in like 2016 years, or 2015. They started posting like no banners at it, where it's like no mosh pits because it's like you mosh, someone gets hurt, we get sued. Was literally what was on the banner. Oh my god, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh yeah, no, it's like how are you supposed to have like this festival for up and coming like bands that are of heavier genres and alternative genres and all this other stuff and it's like oh we want you to stand still and just watch it there's no way i'm standing still for bad religion no way that's not, not happening. a chance no right way. like no fx comes on there's like <laughs> like i'm running in a circle like a maniac like that that's what i'm doing i don't give a shit exactly <laughs> yeah well you know it's all changing and in the long run, in the, the larger spectrum of things, change is good. Yeah. But um, in, in terms of what they're trying to pull off with, with that particular uh, warp tour, 
Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to work for them. I think they're going to disappear pretty soon. Well, that's it. Is it's like, like I said, they're becoming a shell of themselves where they're only going to do central shows. And even then, like, how long is that going to last if the model's falling apart? <coughs> yep, world's going to hell in a handbasket. Oh. Let's go. Woo! Grab a couple road beers for the long way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in terms of the Royal McKenzie's, we're doing okay. Um, yeah. Great lineup. We are uh, going to be working on a new album really soon. We're, we're in wood shedding with, with new material right now. So you guys are currently um, writing? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and we'll be, uh, I think, uh, Australia's maybe happening. We have uh, U.S. gigs and a few of them. We've got a Western Canadian tour in March. We've got a European tour in August and September. And then when we get back from that, we'll be going straight to the studio for pre production and recording. Okay. Yeah. So that's basically our roster. That'll be ready. Um, 2019, probably March, will be the release. Yeah, you guys just recently released the album, didn't you? Yeah, the 25th year anniversary. Yeah, we got a gold album from, um, from Bat Records. For uh, record sales. Really? Yeah, they gave us a nice little plaque with uh, an wow. album in it and stuff. And Is that your first time receiving anything like that? Oh, no. Yeah. no I met a few with other bands before. But um, I don't have them. Yeah. You know, people have taken them at parties and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> them on. I've had the most interesting things stolen from me at house parties. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. And it's like if you're walking around with something like that, you can't be like, no, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. you know, I think what I think what the motivation was these guys come into my house, they steal things and sell it for death. Yeah. This is, I think this is the motivation. I'll tell my mom not to come to your house Sorry about that. <laughs> she just really needed milk money. Yeah. 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 Break down the door. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, I've had a picture of Jesus stolen from my house. Thankfully, no gold records. <laughs> Boy, that's uh, that's kind of going against the whole philosophy of it, isn't it? Um, I, I stole uh, this this picture of Jesus. <laughs> well, it was at uh, my cousin's house, and we threw a party, and somebody decided to walk out with Jesus that night. Uh, have you seen Have you seen, uh, have you seen Passion of the Christ, the movie? No, I haven't. Uh, spoiler alert, he dies in the end. Of course. Um, anyways, no, I just... What? <laughs> I read the book, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much better in the book. I skipped a lot of parts, right? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So, over the years... Uh, like different members and different we've, been to, we've been over a hundred members. Over a hundred members. We've broken over a hundred men. Oh wow, that's quite the uh, cavalry. Well, you know, recruited. people people uh, leave the band for various reasons. Um, some some of them want to get a real job. Some of them want to, you know, get a family. Some of them want to stay away from ready, readily available drugs and alcohol, and they don't trust themselves, and they go into rehab. Uh, sometimes it's personal, personal uh, problems. Sometimes it's uh, there's a whole vast arena of reasons that people come and go from bands. Yeah. But um, I'm um, 
I'm pretty happy with the lineup we have now. Everybody's um, very proficient, very energetic. Uh, the music comes first. Yes. Um, we have much respect for everyone around us, bandmates and all the staff and all the all the fans and everything. It's, it's like um, it's like Christmas every day. That's good. Compared That's good. to what I've been to. Okay, so like, has <laughs> the writing process changed at all over the years? No. Like musically or? Not really. No. no. Everybody's everybody, everybody will. Um, <clears throat> the last album, Dan, uh, Dan took the helm on most of it because okay. we were indisposed. But this next one, everybody, um, everybody brings something to the table, okay. and we hash it out. Nice. And you good. know, put the ego in the back pocket. You know, if, if, if this material doesn't really fit the criterion of what we're trying to do right now, put it in your back pocket. It might be used later. Yeah. But what we want uh, is uh, collectively. We're all looking in the same direction, and we want what's best for the band. That's good. It's good to have everybody who has the same idea in mind yeah. and wants the best for the group. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, and it's and it's easy. It's easy to work with these guys because because the and Paul said it right uh, with the ego in the back blocking because it's the best idea wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's nothing. It's not personal. It's not anything. It's just like no. Is this is this a better idea right here? Yay or nay? Yeah. Yeah. Then we're using yeah. And you can, and you and you move on. And it makes things super super fluid. Oh yeah, I've had um, serious coach kicking with T-shirt designs that weren't acceptable, or particular songs that were submitted that didn't really fit what we were doing, and blow up. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving. I quit. <laughs> You know, just just prior to a recording down in San Francisco, this has happened. Oh, really? And, uh, a drum, the day before we were going to leave, a drummer quit because we rejected his t-shirt design. Really? Now, I'll show them. You know, <laughs> they're, done, they're through without me. <laughs> but Mike said no problem. Man has made it 25 years, <laughs> but <laughs> once I'm gone, it's all over. Well, we told Mike about it, and I was fully expecting Mike to say, okay, we'll have to cancel it. But instead, he said, no problem, I'll just hire another drummer. <laughs> we went down there and uh, went into a studio, a practice rehearsal studio for a week, and then went in and recorded the album. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, that was the album we just got a gold record for. So you guys kind of showed him, then. Was it, was it locked and loaded, or was it 10,000 shots? It was locked and loaded. Huh. Um, but 10,000 shots is coming up. Yeah. 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 So the thing about those albums is, is as soon as they, as they reach that number, it'll happen again. Yeah. So, and we've been at it for 25 years. Um, but like I say, it's sort of unfair because the guys that helped to sell that number of records are here now. Yeah. And the guys that were on the record that quit the band 10 years ago, they also received the record from Mike, just because they played on it. Mm -hmm. But without the diligence of constant touring and constant record sales, that album would never have reached that pinnacle. Well, exactly. Like, if you guys were constantly on the road in Europe, America, Canada, all over the place, like, you're not going to reach those numbers that people are going to lose interest in. Yeah. Like, um, for example, um, last year, I think, 
Last year I did uh, close to close to 100 shows, and this year I'm going to break 200. Oh wow! Like we were on the road, we three different trips to Europe this year, um, two different to the states, Canada, obviously. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and it just yeah. All in all, we were on the road for seven months. Yeah. Oh wow. So, like, does it get hard after being on the road 200 days a year? Trying to keep a family together? Yeah. It's almost impossible. I know, right? It's... And one of the things that I'm not going to do anymore is go to the merch booth and take Betty Boop kissy kissy photos with cute girls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they get posted on Facebook the next day, my wife goes ballistic. <laughs> so, it's going to be the... The arms length, cold face. Sure, you want a photo? Okay. <laughs> so no more of that. Give them the old British guard type thing where you just stand still. And- uh, well, we'll see. I'll, you know, I'll, but you know, what I would do before was I'd take them and go cheek to cheek and have them roll their eyes and purse their lips, you know, or yeah. kiss my cheeks and stuff. And That can't happen anymore. I'll leave that <laughs> up to the other guys. <laughs> Let them get all the attention, right? Yeah. I, I, get, so I guess. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if I have. If I have. Yeah, well, maybe if you, if you can imagine a cute girl on each side of him cheek to cheek, <laughs> and me with my head like <laughs> photobombing in the background. And that's, that's, make that a thing. Yeah, that's what's going to be happening now. Make that a thing. So, and it's Definitely. good to change. Change is good. Oh, and yeah. I let somebody else step up to that. You know, I've done it for so long. And, mm-hmm. Well, even with like the rotating numbers with like the sound of the band, it's like changes good in that aspect too, because it's like it, it's always new ideas being brought to the forefront. Exactly. Like, exactly. Well, because um, my my favorite uh, my favorite McKenzie's record is um, Off the Leash. Yeah. And when Troy asked me, it was, it was pretty. I was pretty early in the band. And Troy asked me, he's like, hey, the 25th year anniversary album is coming up next year. Would you be interested in like, writing a couple songs? And I was like, yeah, sure, that'd, that'd be great. He's like, think off the leash. And I'm like, great. Because I love that fucking record. I love it. That's one of my favorites, too. It's just like, just end to end. There's no, there's no filler at all. I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Something close which cannot be seen The last glimpse of light Your eyes shot at me Though all hands are bored We shan't leave here free The flames are too hot The smoke blinds to see
the Desert Tiger Podcast. So do you guys have any uh, tour must-have item, any comfort thing, like a pleasure thing, like a pillow or... Well, I like a pillow. Yeah? Yeah, I like down pillows. Oh. And nobody smokes in the van. Nobody smokes in the van? Well, and if they do, they have to sit up front on the port side. Oh, thank you. <laughs> on the port side with the window open. For the kids if, it's, if it comes to that. Um, we generally like to have uh, dried fruit and nuts and stuff to graze. Yeah. Because quite often we can't stop if we're, if we're doing a major run to the next show. Mm-hmm. We, we rarely stop. There's not a lot of time on the road at all, and, right? And road food is poison mm-hmm. for the most part. So I think um, for me, because I think it, I think it shifts between you know person to person. Mm-hmm. But for me, my phone has to be charged so I can listen to tunes. Yeah, and I have to have some kind of UFO. Alien, Loch Ness monster documentary on my phone too, and then I'm, then I'm happy. And booze, of course. Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of a bit on the drive. It's great. We have my people in the band that would be locally antagonistic, constantly. Yeah, that's a part of their character. It doesn't happen. It's not conducive to a positive energy, especially like take for example. We look at our tour book in Europe when we're first going to start the tour and calculate how much time collectively we're going to spend in the van. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's two weeks. Yeah. You know, when you add up all the hours. Well, even on the, on the last European run, we did um, 66 shows in 70 days. Oh, wow. And... Um, those four days off were travel days. So, yeah, so just trying to get in between places, no real time to rest, no real time to like stop and catch the sights. Yeah, like like one of the one of those days was 19 hours in the van. Just gone. Like that was that was our that was a day off. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah, great, great day off, right? <laughs> no, no, but the, you know, um, that's what I would want everybody in this band. It's because everybody, everybody would rather be playing shows. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you don't get that a lot. I talked to uh, a bunch of different musicians, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. Touring is a lot of hard work. You know, oh, it's, you know, a, lot of a lot of heart and soul and trying to yeah. keep life balanced in between it all is... And just trying to... Yeah. And then trying to balance your home life yeah. thousands of miles away. Absolutely. From uh, from a five-minute phone call, maybe, once every week. And then uh, it, it's a lot. It's, it, is, it isn't easy, but it's the best. And like... Yeah, some some people some people just hate it. Some people can't. Don't. Not everyone's cut out for it. They think they are, but they get a big surprise. Well, it's everybody thinks it's all clamoring blitz, and then once you actually get inside a hot van with so many other Six guys, other and it's like for hours on end, and then it's just oh great, like let's go get our kilts and put them on, even though we played them for the last six shows in a row or sixty shows in a row. I maybe watched them only how many times in between, right? Like if you if you have a chance, if you have the chance or even the time, right? Like 
I said this. Uh, I said this in another interview when we were in Spain. But uh, there's no there's no assholes in this lineup. That's and, very and, and oh man! No, oh, like it's, I said, it's, it's like a, Christmas it's, every day. It's a, it's a world of difference because then you you don't have to be worried about managing how everybody's doing that day because it's gonna it's gonna affect the show. Yeah. People are fighting, if they, you know, blah blah blah. If yeah, eventually on. it'll it, it's just not conducive to a positive environment. And uh, yeah, like I say, I'm really thankful to the rock and roll goddess that we got such a great lineup. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Is it's especially after so many years, there's probably been a ton of drama, a ton oh. of. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Like you, to go through a hundred members, there's got to be a lot of guys that have a lot of ego along the way. <clears throat> yeah, I remember there was one time in Calgary. Um, we had to drive to Prince George the next day to make a 4 p.m. show. And that's a solid like 10, yeah. 11 hour drive. Yeah, the yellow hand on a two lane highway, and it was in the fall. Yeah. So I made sure that I went directly to, to the hotel. I was going to drive directly to the hotel after the show, no partying. Got up at 7, went to get the guys up next door, and I knock on the door, and the then bass player, who was a complete shit disturber, yeah. opens the door on the chain. And here's the kind of guy he was. He had a motorcycle and he almost got decapitated in an accident. Ooh. The insurance company gave him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh huh. He blew it all on cocaine. Oh no! You know what? It was one hell of a weekend, though. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I had no doubt it doubts. But anyway, the guy opens when you the wake door, up is like, oh man, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, he's he's a kid that had a self self entitlement. Like he didn't he didn't have to keep that money because his dad is stinking rich. So, but anyway, he opens the door. He goes. And because he had this accident, he's constantly drooling. Yeah. And he says to me, come on in, Mackenzie. I think she's going to do us all. So I said, open this door right now. Opens the door. So the guitar player's girlfriend, who was a nurse, is being chased around the suite by three of the members of the Royal Mackenzie's. And I said, what the fuck is going on here? You know, Sopo was a judge, 7 in the morning. These guys were up all night doing whatever, chasing a girl around. I says, young lady, come here. Here's $20, take a cab home. She's gone. And um, so then I says, you guys should get your shit together. We're leaving in half an hour. I go up to the guitar player, who they've been pestering all night. Yeah. And he, uh, in his sleep, he rolls over or and just raises his leg right in my fucking balls. Uh-huh. And I double over, he bites through my ear. Huh. And I snap. I snap. I, I started beating the hell out of him. And so, after I put the table on his bed, I says, look, all of you guys, half an hour in the van. Mm-hmm. So um, I go down to the van and the drummer is sleeping in the van. And I'm warming up the band going, whistling a happy little tune like, oh, he won't be able to play guitar no more with broken fingers and pencils through his coating of his hand. <laughs> so the drummer, who was this big, gentle, giant guy who's always trying to get points, uh, goes running up to the, the room and he says, I, I think he's going to kill you. You should hear the stuff that he's saying. So the guitar player, after 
getting a thorough beating from me. Yeah. Not, nothing like, it wasn't harmful to his life or anything, it wasn't life threatening. But you know, he got it. Mm-hmm. Had he not bitten through my ear, I wouldn't have done it. It just yeah. made me snap. And uh, especially with everything else that had been going on for that tour. You know, it just, it just made me remember all the other times he's fucked me over. Mm-hmm. So um, he proceeds to call the police, the Calgary oh. police. Hello, Calgary police. There's someone here that wants to murder me. So I'm in the van. All these sirens are all over the place. I'm like, geez, I wonder what's going on. So they're home to tune. <laughs> I wonder what's going on. So I walk into the lobby, and here's the the guy who instigated all of it, the guy who had his head almost cut off, he's chumming up with the cops. He turns around, sees me, and he says, there he is, officer. Take him away. What? Now, this is this is camaraderie, right? Right. So they arrested me, and they were going to charge me with attempted murder. Oh, and I was I in a, that one yet. Oh, yeah. I was in a correctional facility for an undetermined amount of time. These assholes tried to finish the tour. Without, without you? Yeah. What? So naturally, when I got out, they said, okay, well, uh, we're gonna do another album. I said, are you fucking kidding me? You guys are all fired. You can't fire us. I says, oh yeah? Watch me, you're fired. And that was it. But that, that was a very trying moment for me. Yeah. And, uh, but we got over it. Uh, I got a new lineup and, and carried on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, you're still alive, still keeping strong and driving on. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, I've learned not to do things like that anymore because it's a new world. You just can't. I mean, it's not the 60s, the 70s, or the 80s, or even the 90s anymore. Yeah. It's uh, they have all kinds of profiles out there. What with the internet and all these computery things. Well, as soon as something gets out, it's it. It's like there's a lot of people in mainstream media who won't know who you are, but it's like they'll see like this one thing that got taken out of context. Yeah. And, and there there were a lot of pocket titans in their mom's basement. Who yeah. Were, who are willing to take up the fight? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, so you have to be really, really careful what you do and say nowadays. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of going against the rock and roll idiom, but it, like everything else, it, it changes and you got to ride with it if you want to do it. Yeah, truly you do. It's, it's a lifestyle and it moves with the times and you have to as well or else you're going to get left behind by it or swallowed up by it. Oh yeah, and the, uh, the political correctness that we have to deal with. Yeah. You know, one one little slip of the tongue and it, they'll pigeonhole you. All it takes and is one person with their camera out at a show and it can just take everything. I mean, look at Down where it's like Bill and Salmo, it's like he said one thing at one show and then like the government of France was funding to take away like threatening to take away funding from festivals that they were on unless the festival dropped the band entirely I didn't hear about that oh yeah like it was like a year or two ago he said some. he made a remark on stage which he shouldn't have Okay. And it's basically it is like they were supposed to play like France's biggest heavy metal festival that year and they were supposed to be one of the main bands. And it's literally it is like 
France, like the government of France threatened to take away all the money from the festival. And the festival was going to have to fund everything themselves. Unless they got rid of yeah, we were well, guilty until proven innocent over there. Napoleonic yeah. didn't, we, didn't we play with that? Yeah. In, is it Resurrection Fest? In yeah. Spain? Yeah. One of the festivals. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them over there, right? Is it's Europe is just this entirely different scene. The thing, the thing. That, uh, sorry to jump in on that. The thing, the thing about the, the political correctness and stuff is, um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fine with it with, um, with this band. Yeah. Because I don't really have to worry. And I know where, I know where, I know where their heads are at, and like I know who they are, and there's no hate in their heart. And if somebody. Somebody twists the wrong word or a wrong phrase and stuff like that. You know, you know, yeah, you can be butchered in the media and stuff like that. But generally, I'm not really worried about that because we don't have people like that in the band. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like nobody's racist or homophobic or blah 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 anything like that. We're all pretty uh, progressive people, and, um, and that's and that's important. And we sing for everybody. Well, that's good. Lots of educated people, artists, you know, uh, who actually have a a little five-second delay in their head. Like, many a time I've caught myself thinking about what I'm going to say and going, oh, thank Christ, I thought about it before I said it because, you know, there's all sorts of different variables and stuff. So you've got to be really careful. Like, we're being careful right now, aren't we? Maybe. Fuck. Piss. Shit. Oh. Not again. Oh no. Oh no. What are we gonna do? The network's gonna come after me. Oh wait. What? What network? What network? What network? By the way, um, everybody out there in computer land, Dan Garrison is celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Cheers. I did not know that. The big 5-3 for me this year, so I'm feeling good. You look very young and chipper for... <laughs> it's a strict diet of booze, and no sleep, and singing songs. And that's uh, And sunflower seeds. Yes. I love spits. I, I love salt. It. It's the salt from the sunflower seeds. It's preserved. I don't know how these guys handle me, because in the van, especially in Canada, because the, the sunflower seeds in Europe, they're not as good yeah. as, uh, as, as spits. They're just not. How um, can you live up, right? You can't. You can't. You can't match that. Although there's um, in the states, there's these ones called because I love dill pickle. Um, it's uh, I think it's for like baseball or something, but it's called Bigs or something like that. And they have the classic pickle. And they use and it's, anyways. I don't know. Why I'm talking about this, but oh yeah. I'm just cracking, and I usually get like a, a Pringles container or something. So it's like ding. As I'm spitting out the, the shells for hours on end, and these guys are kind enough to let that. Well, it doesn't keep bother me as long as you keep the husks off the floor. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's another thing about this band is we're meticulous. Yeah. All of the garbage goes into a trash bag. Yes. There were garbage in garbage can. Makes sense. <laughs> there were times when the band looked like a stable cage. Mm-hmm. You know they. These guys would just throw their garbage on the floor, not give a damn about themselves, or, you know, hygiene was the last thing on their list. And uh, that's another thing I'd like to pull with this band. I mean, everybody showers and shaves, brushes their teeth, 
you know, keep the garbage off the floor. It's not much to us. Yeah. But, you know, there are some uh, artists and musicians that feel that they're above that. Yeah, and unfortunately, they definitely aren't. I mean, when you're stuck in a van for hours on time, it gets hard if people aren't being hygienic. Yeah, and you get sick if you don't wash your hands. Here's a little, a little, um, a little thing that was taught to me. When you're on tour, you take every opportunity to wash your hands. Yeah. Keep your fingers out of your nose and out of your eyes, and you won't get sick. Hmm. But um, yeah. I've had, uh, take for example, uh, example um, one of our older bagpipers yeah. was staying at, at our bass player's place, and he's on the couch, and the bass player comes home and goes like, oh, man, man, why don't you jump into the shower? He goes, oh, no, I've only got two weeks left on this tour. I think I'll just wear the leg at home. And this is serious. No way. Oh, yeah. It's, he's serious. <laughs> oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really is. You know what? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for doing what you want, but you you got to think about the people around you. Oh, exactly. You can, you, you, you can, you can wash. Never. I don't care. But if you're going to be beside me for seven months... I'd like you to do that. Well, I'd yeah, like you to shower. Well, maybe, you know, like, even even if, I, if I miss a shower in the morning exactly. and we pull over to a gas station, have a bird bath. Yeah. You know, there's a sink, there's some hot water, there's some soap. We were in, uh, this was, this was in the, with another band um, that I played in. We were in Strathmore. What's right outside of Calgary? Canmore. Nope. I like Strathmore. Strathmore? Yeah. Uh, anyways, and uh, you know, because if you don't, if you don't have time to shower, like you, you have to do it somewhere, and you, and you're playing a show, you know what I mean, and you're up and blah blah. So, um, <laughs> I'm basically like taking a shower in the sink, but it's not like one of those locking ones. Like there's a bunch of different stalls and blah blah blah, and so I'm just like, all right, shirt goes off first. Do what I can. Making everything good. Like, all right, all right. Okay, there's nobody out. There's nobody out there. Nobody's coming in. Pants go off. I'm doing my best to make it as fast as I can. And this guy with his kid walks right in and looks at me, and I'm just scrubbing away, and then just turns around and walks up. And I'm like, fuck! Oh god! Well, Danny, Danny, that's why it's always good to wear your kilt because yeah. the, the curtain comes up, yeah. and the curtain Somebody in the back is still down. Drop it. Mind you, you're still staring at them as you're rubbing down. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Yeah, but, uh... Yeah, hygiene is very important on the road. It certainly is. Because, I mean, if I have had band members, especially when you're wearing a kilt every day, and you sweat into it. It Oh, it smells like a fucking barn. Oh, it's um, you know, I've had bandmates that are sitting in a bar and people literally walk away from them and they have a perimeter around them of nobody around. You know, you know the way um, the kid in uh, the Charlie Brown series, Pigpen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah. that, that stuff in the around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, refracting. Refracting light. Oh, yeah. I've been... 
I, I didn't think we were that bad uh, the, on the last year of being no, two we, of this year. We, we, any opportunity we had, we watched our kills. It was, it, was probably the, it was probably the best in my time in the band this last year. I think everybody was pretty... Pretty, uh, pretty on board with that. So, how long have you been in the band? Um, my anniversary of two years was August nineteenth. Okay. Um, but my anniversary for my first show was November thirteenth. Okay. So, so yeah, six days ago was my uh, nice. first anniversary for the. For the show. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty awesome too. Yeah. Same it certainly is. We're exactly. very appreciative to have him aboard. That's good, and it's good to see that he is. Uh, a, that he's able to be able to have these opportunities, and mm-hmm. it is like, oh, yeah. someone that accepts it and wants to represent your brand in a good manner. Is, yeah, I count my blessings every day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> So how many members exactly are in the band right now? Six. Six. Seven. Seven? Seven. Because uh, uh, Jono and Peterson switched out. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. We have... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are seven members, um, one of which uh, plays when you have... He has a family. Okay. So whenever we can get him out, we do. And, uh, but he's an integral member. <clears throat> I've got a great story to tell. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we were in a hotel. Yeah. And um, we wanted to have some cash advances because I think we had a day off or something. So I says, "Okay, I'll go and get some cash advances for everybody." And I, for some reason, the manager and the bagpiper had rooms on the other side of the hotel. And um, so I knock on the door, and it was a jar. So I open it up, and here they are together, and I do mean together, <laughs> on the couch. And I'm going, oh, sorry guys, um, I just need a little bit of cash for some advances, the boys want to go. So, you know, of course, if they were interrupted and the managers are here, take it. I mean, it's our dough, and here he is. But anyway, so we go and have a good time and come back. We're in the van the next day, and the bagpiper says, yeah, sorry guys, um, I, uh, my bagpiping wasn't up to spec yesterday. I'm really sorry. And I look at him and I say, hey, man, come on, don't sweat it. These guys don't know. You know, the, the general public don't know if a bagpipe is in tune or not. It's, it's generally the visual, the visual thing that works with them. Yeah. And as long as you're playing, you know, it's okay. It'll be okay. It's then the he breaks down and says, yeah, I know. I didn't know that the guy was doing a of cocaine a day. Oh, I'm always the last to know these things. But anyway, he Don't was like, Paul, right? yeah, I know, nobody knows, nobody appreciates it. <laughs> We're pulling into Milano, the guy opens the door, moving band, 40K, jumps out of the van without his passport, without his money, without any of his gear, just jumps into the city of Milano. Oh. And that was the last I saw him. Huh. We go into Milan. We had to play the show without the piper. Luckily, we had a, we knew another piper from Galicia who ended up being our permanent piper. Asked me, and he's still our piper now. Oh, nice! But he flew from. He's very professional, dude. Yeah, very. Professional. He flew from Madrid to Rome. 
to to do us with the show the next night. Huh. And uh, we went through the other Piper's gear, luckily enough, found all kinds of illicit material that would have had us arrested had we crossed borders with that stuff. Yeah. And it was just a nightmare. Hmm. But yeah, um, I hope, I don't know where he is now. Hmm. I think maybe he's still in Milan. <laughs> Somewhere. Maybe he's a shepherd in Milan or something. I don't know. <laughs> found some sheep who really appreciated him yeah. for who he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I'd like to stay here all night, but um, my time is running out. Hey, yeah. fair enough. We've been going for a solid, like, 51 minutes. So if that's all we can get, that's... I'm happy with that. Cool. Excellent. Nice. Well, I'm happy Thank with you that guys too. so much Thanks for joining me. Okay. Hey, go. This is Paul McKenzie, and on behalf of myself and the Little McKenzies, I wish to thank all of our loyal fans and those to be loyal fans who come out to the shows and support us and listen to our stuff. And we realize that without you guys, we're nothing. So thank you. Okay, so for the people who maybe don't listen to the Mackenzies, where can they find you? Uh, we're all over the internet. Um, if you want to check out Bagpipes and Kilts with Rock and Roll, um, what do they call us, punk folk? punk and roll. I don't know what they call it these days. Huh. But um, get on the internet and check it out. You might like it. And we will be in your town or near, so very soon. This is Paul McKenzie of The Real McKenzie's. Wishing you all a good night. Over and out. Alright, I want to give a big, a huge, a massive shout out and thank you to Paul McKenzie and Dan Garrison of The Real McKenzie's for taking time out of their busy days to join me and give me a fantastic interview. I had a great time talking to them, and I hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of the Mackenzies, you can find them on Spotify. You can find some of their music videos on YouTube. You can pick up some of their music on iTunes. And if your local music shop is reputable and deserving of your business, they will probably carry some Real Mackenzie's records. So maybe you should pick up Two Devils Will Talk and support 25 years of Celtic punk rock antics. You can also find the Mackenzie's on Facebook, and they also have their own website where you can keep updated on them. And I suggest that you do. We also have to give a big, a massive, a huge shout out to you. That's right, you, the listener of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Whether it's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Castify, wherever you are, wherever you're from. We are so happy that you turn us on, that you turn us up, and that you listen in weekly to the interviews that we bring you with musicians, athletes, entertainers, comedians, whoever it be. We are so happy that you guys listen in, and if this is your first time listening in, maybe you want to hit that subscribe button, or maybe rate and review the show, because it would help us out so, so much. Alright, before we get to one more Mackenzie song, you know that we have to let you know A, who's on the show next week, and B, give you a little bit of a motivational quote. So, next week on the show, we have Chief State, 
from Vancouver, British Columbia. Chief State is an alternative rock or pop punk band that is bringing the noise. They are bringing the heat and they just keep attacking everything. They are constantly working their asses off. And you guys should definitely check in next week when we talk to those guys. Alright, and here is our quote. Everything is impossible until someone crazy enough comes along and makes it possible. That is a quote from C.T. Fletcher. No matter what wall, what barrier, what obstacle stands in your way, whether it be physical or mental, everyone has experienced those. It took Thomas Edison 10,000 separate attempts before he was capable of making a light bulb. So don't give up. You never know when the end or when your goal is right around the corner. So keep on trying and you shall achieve what you want to. Alright, our song that we're going to end off our show with is a cover of a modern folk song by Canadian musician Stan Rogers. This is Barrett's Privateers. Oh, the year was 1778 I wish I was in Sherbrooke now Well, I let the rip my came from the king To the scummiest vessel I'd ever see God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no gun, shed no tear Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of Barrett's privateers All I quit Barrett cried the town How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now For twenty brave men or fishermen Who would make up for the antelope's crew God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no gun, shed no tear Well I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of Paris privateers Now the antelope she was a sickening sight How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now She'd a list to the port and the sails in racks And the cook and the scuppers with the shakes and the jags God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no gun, shed no tear Well I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of Paris privateers And on the king's birthday we sailed away How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now We were 97 days from Montego Bay We were pumping like madmen all the way God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no gun, shed no tear Well I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of Paris privateers And on the 98th day we sailed again I wish I was in Sherbrooke now With the big fat American hove in sight Our crack for pounders made to fight God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no gun, shed no tear Well I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier The last of Paris privateers Oh, that Yankee, she lay low with gold oh, I wish I was in Sherbrooke now She was big and fat and loose at the stays And to catch her took us three whole days God damn them all I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold We'd fire no guns, shed no tears 
Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris privateers. What are the last we stirred tea cables away? How I wish I was in Shawbrook now. Well, I quack four pounders made an awful tin, but an American ball comes taped us in. God damn them all. I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold. We'd fire no gun, shed no tear. Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris privateers. Now the antelope shook and she pitched on her side. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. Well, better was smashed like a bowl of eggs, and the main track took off both my legs. God damn them all. I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold. We'd fire no gun, shed no tears. Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris privateers. So here I lay in my 23rd year. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. Well, it's been six years since we sailed away, and I just made Halifax yesterday. God damn them all. I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold. We'd fire no gun, shed no tear. Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris privateers. God damn them all. I was told we'd sail the seas for American gold. We'd fire no gun, shed no tear. Well, I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, and you'll never find a better man far on ya. Yeah. I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris privateers. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thanks for listening.